welcome to DMs with D and M, the podcast by two women who are just trying to make sense of the world one episode at a time. I'm Daniela Schiavo. And I'm Emily Sienta. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing not just the importance of physical and mental health, but also how we deal with both. Which is actually an interesting topic because Daniela and I are quite different in our approach when it comes down to it. Yes, very different. But before we get into that, let's get into the pit and peak of our weeks. All right, I'll go first. So the peak of my week is a friend of mine has come back from Europe, so Lovely. I'm very happy. And I lost track of time, so it was... I thought she didn't come back for, for longer, so very excited. Um, and my pit would probably be this just being a very challenging week, both in work and personal life, really. That's always fun. Always fun. Mm-hmm. How about you? Um, well, my peak is that I'm back in classes at uni, so... Um, That's a peak. That's It is. It yeah. is, because I just feel like since um, I finished, I like my brain has just been... Like, I've just not been using it. Like, yeah, and so how I've, long have you been gone um, uh, it's out of uni? Been, or not out of uni, but on break? It'll be almost a year. So once this semester is finished, it'll be almost a year. And I'm only doing an intensive subject mm. at the moment. So I've got just this week and then I've got another week in September. But in the meantime, I have a very big assignment, which yeah. I can, I'll get into later. But, um, yeah, it just feels so nice to be back in yeah. class and actually, like, using my brain. Because like, I feel like for this podcast, I do. Like, I, mm. you know, you have to do a lot of research for it and whatnot. But it's just nice to actually be back in a class with like-minded people. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, just, like, constantly learning something new. And especially because it's a journalism subject, it's something that I'm really interested in. So, yeah, um, that's my peak. Um, I would say my pit, though, is that um, I've realised I need to kind of practice my craft a bit more. Um, As in what journalism. you're studying? Oh, yeah. I thought so, you meant actual, like, legit craft. Like, I should become more of a crafty person. Well, journalism <laughs> is a craft. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, the more I'm starting to write again, it's like, oh, haven't done this in a while. And I've not gotten bad feedback at all, actually. It's just that... It's taken me a lot longer to do things that I used to be able to do without thinking twice. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, just writing articles and gathering information, figuring out what's actually newsworthy and important. I'm just like, okay, I need a second. Like it's taking me like much longer to type yeah. up a six-par story when yeah. it used to be able to take me like five minutes. So that's, you know, it's a bit of a shock, but we're okay. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, right, so with that being said, do you want to jump in the hot seat? Don't mind if I do. Right, let's get into it. All right. So, question one. Tell me. Would you rather be the driver or passenger? Driver. Brilliant. <laughs> what is an issue you have to face due to anxiety? Um, when I, and we'll touch on this a little bit later, but when I panic, mm. I faint. So that's a very big issue. Is that sort of what you meant? Or um, do you mean like a trigger? Sort of, not quite. More so what have you found your like um, anxiety has gotten in the way of in a sense? Like, oh, have you okay. Found, sorry, yeah, I probably should have As worded in, it. In terms of stopping yeah. me from doing things. I think if anything, it's – I think my – any anxieties I do have don't stop me from doing actual things that I want to do If because I feel like – my anxieties can be self-contained. Mm. But when it comes to social anxieties, that's where my uh, problem hits. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I feel like it definitely stops me from introducing myself to people, okay. um, making friends quickly because I just do need a bit of time. Like, yeah. you know, if someone gives me, 
you know, if someone starts talking to me yeah. and is comfortable with me and whatever from the get-go, then I'm automatically, like, relaxed with them as well. But if yeah. someone's a little bit uh, trickier to, to come, to, you know, to communicate yeah. with, then all of a sudden I just panic. I'm like, mm, you're not you're not my person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that's I'd say that's the answer to that. Great. Oh, not great. Well, <laughs> you know, thank you for answering thank that question. You. You're welcome. Um, what was your first experience with anxiety? My first experience with anxiety, um, it would, oh my gosh, that's a tricky one actually, because I feel like I've not really noticed that anxiety was an issue for me mm. until it was pointed out years later because I would kind of just always go back to, oh, I was just really nervous or I was this, yeah. this and that and it wasn't actually that, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, you stumped me there. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's It's interesting, isn't it? I think it's because sometimes, yeah, you're not really aware of what anxiety is until, you know. Exactly. It's sort of brought up. Brought up. Yeah, not just in conversation, just brought up and made you're being made aware of it, and then you're like, oh, that's sort of what I feel. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it comes, it comes and goes. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah. To be honest, I I can't tell you what my first experience with it was because if I do think about what actually makes me anxious and what causes, like I was saying before, fainting, mm. that yeah. started when I was five years old. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry, um, I couldn't answer that properly. No, that's okay. But that, I, it's, sometimes it's quite you don't an in-depth, have an answer, yeah. really, isn't it? It's not always about having an answer. Yeah. Um, almost refreshing. Like sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's like I just don't have an answer. And that's a big part of life. Sometimes you just don't have the answer. Yeah, who came first? So thank you for not answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Bit of a lighter question. Tell me. What's your favourite colour? Purple. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a favourite colour can not – I don't know. I feel like it says something about a person. Or not even just that. It's, it's – Quite personal. Yeah. Now, yeah. what's your favourite colour? What represents you yeah. in a colour? I feel like purple is so me. Mm. Yeah. I, have, I just love colour. Anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going to paint. <laughs> Literally. Um, last and final question. What is your take on mental illness? My take on it, um, I think it's something that is incredibly important that people are very uneducated about. Mm. I think in this day and age, we are starting to learn a lot more about it, starting to become promoted a lot more, but it's still not where it should be. Yeah. Um, Like I, I was saying before, I know with myself, you know, it took other people pointing things out to me for mm. me to think, oh, shit, maybe I, there is something wrong. Maybe there is something deeper than what I think it is. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people go through that. And we've seen with, you know, recent mental health campaigns, specifically when we talk about men, mm. um, it's just not spoken about enough. Absolutely. And people don't feel comfortable speaking about it. And even just the notion of going to a counsellor or a psychologist, it's, it almost makes the problem seem bigger than what people are ready to deal with yeah. and therefore they don't deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I... I to answer your question, I just think it needs to be spoken about a bit more and it's something that is actually so incredibly important mm. um, and I don't think it should be ignored anymore by anyone. Yeah, yeah. definitely, I agree. Both, both third and first perspective yeah, as well. absolutely, I perfectly said. Um, and I might even just bounce back to some the questions that I asked yeah, you to absolutely. throw back for myself. Um, so I actually can, I think I dealt with, if I'm jumping back to the um, 
the first experience with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I had anxiety from a young age, but similar to yourself, I didn't realise I did or wasn't aware what anxiety did. Um, I had my... Um, I had a couple of fa- family members that dealt with anxiety and I remember naively thinking, oh, you just, you know, uh, like it's just calm down. Not just, no, I wasn't going around saying calm down. Like, yeah. you know, you should Do you know what, oh, even if you were and you mm. were younger and you didn't understand it, it's not anything necessarily to be ashamed of. I yeah. just think it's that's the issue. That's what the issue is here is that people are uneducated about it. Yeah, and so, I definitely was yeah. um, at that young age. I was. I think I was year nine. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, year nine. How old were you? 14. 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah. So I was 14 at that point um, when I remember having a moment just thinking about um, – we were talking about 9-11 actually in, in class in humanities. Yeah. And I remember the teacher saying people actually get post-traumatic stress just from watching it on TV. And I remember this moment like imprinted on my mind thinking to myself, oh, don't be ridiculous. Like you were there. It didn't happen to you. It's just TV. Like calm calm down. Um, And then I think that same night I they were doing the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 and I had – my first panic attack that I was aware of, that mm-hmm. I sort of was having it, and I was like, this is a panic attack. Yeah. And, yeah, I had my first panic attack watching it on TV God, karma. Um, <laughs> if there's any example of karma, yeah, this is this it. this is it. Um, and like I said, I had, had, I had dealt with anxiety prior to this. Um, I didn't realise at the time, but I did. As I reflected on, I had, from a younger age, had panic attacks before, just didn't know what they were. This was the first one I was aware of, and from that moment I labelled – not I labelled myself. I realised, okay, I think this is an issue mm-hmm. because it then just kept happening with different things. And I was like, this is not just nervousness. This is not just me panicking. This is – like it feels real. Yeah, and um, that's such a big thing. It's mm. And I think you're lucky in terms of the fact that you realised mm. that because if I were to think about my experiences – and I wouldn't say – I mean – I, I, at times I'd be like, yeah, okay, maybe I have bouts of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I think for me the issue that I've noticed, the recurring issue that I've noticed is more so on the side of depression than it mm-hmm. is anxiety. And same thing with me. Like I was just having a hard time dealing with things. Like I think it was in year 12. And year mm-hmm. 12 is just an unnecessarily high-pressure yeah. year for Australian students and I'm sure students around the world who are in their final year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um and it was just one of those things where everything was going wrong. Like our friendship group broke apart. Mm. My dad was diagnosed with cancer. Year 12 in itself was just stressful. I was yeah. doing really intensive subjects and things just weren't going the way I wanted. And, mm. you know, you're at that age as well, at 17 at the time, and I was like, shit, I need to have my life together by next year. Like, yeah, oh you God, know, you think a stupid, honestly, concept, really, yeah, for a seventeen-year-old. And I remember I was struggling so so much, and I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go and talk to the school counselor about it because everyone was going to the school counselor. It became yeah. a trend. Oh yeah, like it literally became a trend to go to the counselor. And it's funny, I didn't use her. Yeah, it, it is funny, <laughs> but I yeah, like all of like a lot of people I spoke to in a lot of my dif- different classes that I was in. We're going to the counsellor. They'd just leave class to go to the counsellor. Like, it was just a thing. And I was like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I, I don't feel 
I don't feel okay. Yeah. All these things were piling up. I was just constantly nervous and just not enjoying anything. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. And I did. And that's when we kind of got into the whole thing about, you know, depression and, mm. you know, that these things can affect you in a way more so than you're just upset about it. Yeah. These things are lasting more. Like my feelings were of, you know, being upset or sad or whatever were lasting more than a week. And at yeah. the time as well, and I still am a little bit like this, but I'm working on it. Um, I just don't talk about my problems. Yeah. Like I really don't. Like yeah. I, I remember I only told you that my dad had cancer mm. because I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And I think the only reason I told you is because I told you he was going for a test. Yeah. And then I think, you know, everything just went upside down. I was just not in good mood. You yeah. asked and I told you and that was that. We yeah. never really spoke about it after that either. Mm. And, you know, I didn't like to speak about those things because I thought, you know what, like this is my problems. No yeah. one needs to know. You know, and I still kind of do feel like that sometimes just because, I don't know, and I think this is something we spoke about not too long ago as well. Mm. You know, I when I think about my problems, I don't think they're as big as they actually are because I compare them to other people. Mm. Like, for example, I won't say that I have anxiety because mm. I compare myself to you. Mm. And, you know... Yeah. That can't be good. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, you, I remember you telling me, oh, um, oh, God, I was just thinking of a scene. Crap, what thing, scene am I thinking of? It's a cartoon. He, like, the character grabs another character, like, put yourself together, man. Oh. And it's like, come on, don't be ridiculous. Oh, Etna and the Incredibles. No? Oh, yes. yes. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that scene, exactly. Yep. Um, and I remember you telling me that, and I was like, woman like n- no you you have every right to feel um the way you're feeling My, they're your issues they are causing you um stress bringing you down just because they aren't what you think you're comparing them is just yeah I yeah was like, no 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 it no, was no, no, an no. unhealthy mentality it was, and it, it was something was. that I think a lot of people go through oh. like a lot Absolutely, and I think that's a big thing with when it comes to anxiety and depression. They get, a lot of people just tend to think, "Oh, I haven't dealt with anything really big in my life," and you know, you know, death tragedy, for example. Yeah. So they're like, "I have no right to be feeling this way," but that's the thing with anxiety. For so if I'm speaking for myself, I'm I'm getting anxious about something, and my brain is switching into this sort of fight or flight mode in a non fight or flight mode situation like I'm just getting stressed over ridiculous things and my body is reacting as if it's in a life-threatening situation it was like yesterday actually um I had volleyball and it was pouring with rain Mm. and usually I'm quite a confident driver I like your question earlier like I prefer to be the one driving because yeah. I, I trust myself more than anyone yes, else. Which I prefer to be the passenger because I do not trust myself. <laughs> exactly. And, like, thing is I got in the car yesterday and I've driven in rain worse than that. I've driven mm. in hail. I've mm. driven in terrible conditions. But I got on the road and something just made me really nervous. And I drove this, you know, 15-minute drive to my volleyball game in a panic. And I was like – and I think what happened to me as well is that when the first time I fainted, no, the second time I fainted, sorry, and since ever since then, mm. every time I faint, it's like I have this dream that I'm in a really fast car going down Sydney Road in Melbourne. <laughs> it's really odd, but I see like the lights of like all the stores wow. that are on Sydney Road. It's just, and it's a recurring thing that happens when I faint. 
So you so you fainted. You've you're passed out. While you passed while out, while I'm passed you've had out, I'm dreaming. Okay. Yeah. And when I was driving last night, because I was on the road, it was oh, dark. Geez. There were lights around. Um, and what I felt like my car, like I've got new tires, they're good tires, whatever, but there was so much water on the road and it was so windy that my, it was like water got caught in my tires and the car was starting to slip a little bit. And that made me think of that vision that I, like that dream that I have when I, and I panicked because I thought to myself, oh my God, have I just died? And this sounds so extreme, but I thought, have I just started? Is this what I'm seeing right now? Well, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And I had to like snap myself back into it. Like, no, no, you're still alive. You're still driving. Focus on the road. Get there safely. You've got this. Like, and it, like the whole time I was just like almost on the brink of tears because Mm. I was like, Jesus Christ, like. I literally just thought I I almost died. Like yeah, because wow. when I pass out, I don't usually see it happening. Like not see it happening, see it coming. Yeah. You know, sometimes I can be like, oh, this is not a good situation. Like yeah. I'm probably gonna faint. But when I do pass out and then when I wake up, it's like a there's like a gap in between that where I'm just like, Jesus, did that just happen? And yeah. I think, you know, it's like I almost get into a shock when I wake up because I'm like, oh my God, what happened? What did I miss? So I think for me, like almost having that little flashback to mm. that dream panicked me and that's exactly like that's a perfect example of what a trigger is like, yeah i even um well since we're on the topic of, of fainting yeah shall we tell the story okay so all right let's backtrack a little bit yeah. so i'm a chronic fainter <laughs> like <laughs> i if i see people that i care about in pain yeah. i will faint if i experience pain myself i will faint and if i panic yeah i will <laughs> and the thing is, when it comes to panic, I don't panic often, mm. but when I do, it's usually in like medical situations yeah. um, and situations that I feel like I can't control. Yeah. So that's that. Mm. And uh, last year I needed to get a blood test done and I didn't really want to go with my parents because I thought, oh, getting bloody too old for my mum to hold my hand. Like, <laughs> And then I think as well, like my parents were just busy and I was like, Em, do you want to come with me? Yeah. Like, why not? And just a quick background information. I'm not scared of... Mm-hmm. Needles. I donate blood. Donated blood. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was like, "Yes, this is perfect. Something that I am comfortable and confident." I'm in. the strong one. I'm yeah. the strong one. I can go and be her rock. Mm-hmm. That shit don't phase me. Like, yeah. brilliant. Let's go. Yeah. So that's what happened. So Emily came with me to my blood test, and while we were waiting um, for me to go in, I was just nervous, as mm. I usually am. But I was, yeah. I don't know. It, just, it was just a different – I can't even explain it. I was yeah. just nervous. And we saw someone that we both knew. Yeah. And Emily was talking to her, making conversation. This girl had, like, such a cool life. She'd lived overseas. She was doing this, this, and that. Usually a conversation I'd be very interested in. Yeah. This day, however, I was not listening to a word she was saying. No. And I was just sitting there, like, like my foot was tapping. Mm. And I was, like, you know, not breathing properly. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm about to have a blood test. And I was like, wait, it's fine. It's fine. Don't just be cool. Emily's there. You can't faint in front of Emily. Come on. And <laughs> the last couple of times I'd had blood tests as well, I'd had doctors that I was really comfortable with or who made me feel comfortable. Mm. So I thought, you know what? It's not going to be that bad. You're mm. just going gonna, gonna to lay down. They're going to do their thing. It'll be fine. Mm. Anyway, I get into the room and there's this girl who she does not look qualified to be taking blood out of my arm, number one. She had purple hair. She was just, like, so rude. I mean, rude. not that purple hair just means. No, hey, I used to have purple hair at one point. <laughs> like, like, but she was, I think it was just her whole demeanour mm. was just so unwelcoming, so she just made me even more nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I don't trust you. Yeah. And, I remember, like, when, I, when we walked in, Emily was the one who said to her, 
you know, just so you know, Daniela does get a bit nervous. Mm. Like, that's why I'm here sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, haha, I faint. And she's like, yeah, all right, sit down. And I was like, oh, sick, all right, I'm sure. Yeah. And then as I sat there, like, she just kept on just saying little things that didn't make me feel comfortable. Mm. And I was just like, okay, whatever, just take take my bloody blood and let's move on. So anyway, she does the blood test. She kept on being, like, sarcastic and whatever. And I was like, I don't appreciate this right now. Like, yeah. I'm not a tough love kind of gal. Like, yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, and I'm not either. I really do not appreciate tough love, to be honest. I yeah. Guess. It doesn't work for me. Well, not in that situation well, anyway, yeah. you know. And so I – she took my blood. It hurt because she didn't – no, she didn't do a good job. <laughs> no, because in the past I've had blood tests and even if they hurt, it didn't hurt like that. So doesn't help. You're probably very extra tense. tense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I wasn't looking. You know, Emily's laughing. You know, she's trying to make me feel better. It was fine. She takes she takes the needle out. Mm. She puts the Band-Aid or whatever on me. And then the idiot Fuck hands me. Like, get get this, you guys. Like, if you know someone is prone to fainting... But you like, don't like blood. Well, in the past when I had blood tests, I trusted the person so much that after my blood test, I asked them about that machine. I forgot what it's called, but the one that they put the blood in and it spins mm. and it separates the cells in the blood or yeah. whatever. Um, and because I trusted him, afterwards he showed me, like, you know, I got off the chair or whatever, and I was like, oh, is that the machine, whatever, mm. whatever. And we are talking about it. He let me, like, press the button to spin it. I was looking at it. It was great. Like, yeah. I was fine because I trusted him. Yeah. Whereas with her, I was already nervous. She just took the needle out of my arm. And she goes, okay, can you have a look at this and make sure your name's spelled correctly? I'm thinking she's going to hand me a sheet of paper. She hands me the vial of my blood, and I just grabbed it. I looked at her. I, like, giggled because I was like, you fucking idiot. Hand it back to her, and then that's all I remember. Yeah, so let's fill in the gaps here, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was, like, honestly, like, slow motion. So he's like, here, check if the details <laughs> are right. And I'm slowly turning my head thinking, no. no. <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, oh, don't show her the vibe. Like, honestly. So anyway. Didn't happen in slow motion. It happened very quickly. So she showed her the vial. This I've I've looked at the vial. I've looked at Danielle. Her face has gone green. I don't remember the giggle, unless I just blocked that out because it was not funny. By that, I was point. literally like, <laughs> yeah, and, and handed she's it back like, to her. Her face went green. Like I haven't seen a person's face go green. Didn't know it's possible <laughs> until this point. She's like, and I think she asked her. Dan- the woman asked Danielle how she's feeling. She's like, I actually do feel a bit faint. And up until this point, I thought, surely she's not going to faint. Like, she won't faint. Like, surely I knew not. She, she had said she would or she might. Didn't think it would happen. And then it did. So what happened was, <sighs> oh, God. She, um, I'm giggling. Oh, fuck, not I'm trying, like, I'm, I'm, she went unconscious. So she, she kind of, <sighs> like, fell forward. Fell forward a bit. The girl's gone. Grab her, and she's run out to go get help. I've grabbed Daniela. <laughs> so I'm in the chair, mind you. Sorry, yeah, she's yeah. in the chair. I've, I'm holding her like, oh my god, this is happening. This is happening. She, she's not even with us right now. <laughs> and then, so she's, she's out. And then, oh my god, do you mind if I say it? Say it. Yeah. <laughs> I again didn't know humans could go green. Didn't know humans could make this noise that Daniela made. It was from. Her gut, <laughs> like, 
a snort. A, I, if, if I, I would do it now, but I won't. I won't do it because I won't. You might think, oh, my God, an animal came into the podcast recording studio and attacked them. Because that's how inhuman it sounded. Oh, so it's this it's deep snort of a kind of sound from the stomach. <laughs> and I'm at this point, she's in my arms. I'm holding her limp and I'm looking down at her like, what the fuck is happening? And then he sneezed. <laughs> the biggest sneeze again. I don't even know if you're human by this point because it was such a big sneeze considering you unconscious. Snot and everything, people. Snot and everything. And I'm there like, when's this woman coming back? Like, honestly, I can't. Anyway, so she's she sneezed. Um, oh, no, sorry. I, I missed out on a really big, big, important part. So oh, she what? passed out. And as she's as she's passed out, she started having a fit. Oh, like, yeah. Her whole, whole body um, was shaking. Like, I... I before this moment, didn't know fainting was like this. I honestly thought... It, it isn't always like it that. It isn't always like yeah. this. But I thought you just, you know, oh, like fall yeah. unconscious. <laughs> she started shaking. And this is when she, um, I grabbed her in my arms and the girl had run out. And then she did that sneeze. <laughs> anyway, the lady came back. Uh, she's like leaned her back and slowly after fanning her and fanning her, she comes back to consciousness. Um yeah, so that's what I witnessed, the part you weren't there for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was not fun. Like, I hope I did a – I hope if you were to take anything out of this was some entertainment of my storytelling. Oh, was, yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, my God. Yeah. But in saying that, it was not funny at all. The day uh, – not to be not to be no, like – No, Like, you, know, you did funny. this to me. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't funny at all. So we went to High Point. I think I spent the rest of the day in shock. Anyway, days went past, and I think maybe two weeks later, I went to donate plasma, and it didn't work because the machine's a bit different. I don't know if you know anything about plasma; it works a bit different to the blood donation machine. And by that point, I was—I'm always a bit nervous, but I was a bit extra nervous. And they tried one arm; it didn't work. They tried the other, and it just became uncomfortable. And I was like, okay. So then I went home. Then I think again two weeks later, I went to donate blood, and. Extra nervous because I was thinking about when Daniela fainted, thinking about how when the last time I was here, the plasma donation was so uncomfortable, and then I found out my iron was low. So it was just one thing after another, and I couldn't do the donations. I just couldn't stop thinking about her fainting, and just fainting just became a thing in my mind then. Like that I it just wasn't became there before. Yeah, I became consumed by it. Just the thought of your brain losing consciousness and having no control of your body like it I, I couldn't like it freaked me out so then for months that was sort of my new thing I don't know how to explain it like it was a new thing I thought about every day like a new thing I was waiting for to happen sort of thing and it just like it made my anxiety just like through the roof really yeah and it's something as well like for me I try to avoid a lot of situations that I know will make me faint because mm. it's that exact same thing. I hate the thought of being out of control of my body. I hate the idea of being in a hospital, and it's happened a few times, I've been in a hospital and I've lost consciousness and I've ended up waking up on a bed in a room surrounded by strangers. And it's like if that were to happen to me in 
any other situation, things could go very badly. For me, that that was what it was because I knew I could lose control that easily. Mm. And because, you know, I, I got to the point where people were having, you know, people I really cared about were having operations, were in hospital, whatever, and I would not go and see them mm. because, like, my mum had two procedures and both times I went to see her, I ended up in a hospital bed by, like, you know, yeah. myself. Another time, my niece, hi, Mia, um, she had this massive operation on her leg and they literally, like, put metal poles in her leg and you had to, like, twist these things to pull the pole apart so it could make her leg grow. Like, it was this massive operation. It's like, oh, crazy. Mm. I went to see her the day after she had the operation and I walk in the room and I was like, I'm going to be strong for Mia. Like, yeah. she's my like my little sister. Like, I'm going to be strong for her. I walk in the room and she's like, hi, Daniela. I was like, hi. And then she's like, want to see my leg? And she, like, rips her blanket off and she's got, like, blood all over the, you know, the metal bits and the gauze or whatever it's called and I'm just seeing this metal contraption in her leg. And I was like, oh, cool. And I walked out of the room and <laughs> my mum came with me and instead of – there was okay. Let me set the scene. There was a bay window. Mm. Next to the bay window on the floor were bean bags. Along the bay window was a windowsill. Mum decides to sit me on the windowsill, so I sit there, and she's like, "Oh, you don't look too good. I'm going to go call someone." I'm like, "Okay." So I lean back against the window, and I pass out. What ends up happening is that I fall forward off the windowsill, sm- like smash my head on the floor, and end up with a concussion. And, oh my god! Yeah, and so. I have, like, after that, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to see people in hospital anymore. Like, I can't do it. But yeah. it's actually something that's so hard to overcome because people get frustrated with me because yeah. I won't go and see them or yeah. I won't go and see, go with them to see people. Mm. You know, people don't quite understand that. For me, that is something that is very confronting. Yeah. And it's not because, and you know what, if I come and see you in hospital and I don't faint, I'd say that's the insult. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, you know, like, if I'm so worried that I'm going to faint when I come and see you, it's because I care about you. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> let's look at it that way. Yeah. But really, it's such an issue. And it I think, is. you know, that's just one of many things that people go through mm. because of their anxiety, their panic, their yeah. depression even. Like, it's something that no one really talks about. Like, we're saying this as funny stories because – you know, you look back and you think they are funny stories, but really this is something that, like, I have to deal with. Like, yeah. I won't get my, you know, my second, set, like, earrings because I'm too scared. Like, mm. you know, I won't go and get a blood test, which I need because I'm like, yeah. I'm not and now doing I'm, that again. I'm at that now point. Now Emily's, exactly, yeah. she's seen that and now it's scarred her too. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm sure everyone's got something that they're not quite comfortable mm. with. And whether it be a medical thing, whether it be a social thing, whether mm. whatever it is, it's something there that's not just nervousness. It's more than that. It's yeah. more consuming than that. Yeah. And, and it's I, so real. It so is so real. real. I can't describe the feeling when I'm feeling very, very, very anxious of the the heat that runs through my entire yeah. body. Like my someone's just set a match off and it's just like we are in danger. Like it's it's I can't describe how scary it is. Like yeah. and it you is feel terrifying. Alone it is yeah. Yeah. No one else can can do it with you. Mm. No one else feels the same thing and then if someone were to feel the same thing god imagine that like yeah. oh it's you know and i think that really speaks volumes about the isolation that people do feel when they do go through these yeah. things because you feel like number one people won't understand you mm. number two your problems aren't aren't big enough 
to even, you know, talk about with yeah. other people. Or number three, you don't want to burden other people with your issues. Yeah. And it's so unhealthy. Like it's, mm. you know, and you can't help it. Like you, your, your brain does just think like that sometimes, but it's something that you really need to start communicating mm. to someone. And, I mean, we were going to sort of talk about this a little later, but I would sort of like to touch on the fact that as well, like I know people who I think do maybe need some help with certain things, like help from a professional, not just something that, you know, your best friend can do for you. Yeah. Who won't go and get help because they don't see their problem as a problem. Yeah. And it's like it is difficult to acknowledge there's an Mm. issue. Like earlier on this year I was going through a really rough time Mm. and I like, yeah, like haven't really spoken to anyone other than Emily about it. Um, But there would be times when like literally every day I would just be crying. Mm. Like I would cry before I went to sleep without a doubt. Mm. I would cry if something little happened and was out of my control because Mm. I just thought everything was already out of my control. Like why can't this little thing go right? Like and any time I would think about how I actually felt, I would just cry. Like it was just – and that's so unlike me. Like I'm usually like the most – non-crying person that there is <laughs> but that's you know that was something and I I mentioned it to Emily and she goes have you thought that maybe it could be mm. depression like yeah. and I was like no nah, surely, surely not mm. and then I started googling I went on beyond blue I took tests online yeah. and I was like okay maybe there's something here yeah and then from there I contacted um a psychologist in the university because they offer psychology sessions here and when I was talking to her, I was like, look, I don't even know if, you know, I should be on the phone with you right now. Like, I don't, you know, this might not even be anything, you know. And then the more I started talking, the more she was like, yeah, no, you're right where you need to be right now. Mm. Like, you you should be talking about this. You should be, you know. And then I started crying again because I was like, fuck, I've, what do I have depression? Like, yeah. and that in itself, the thought of having depression over like was overwhelming mm. I was like fucking hell like, and I think, like another thing to deal with you know yeah. like naming it was almost the scariest part mm. and I think a lot of people hear it and just become they just think and not not to, don't get me wrong I'm not saying depression is not bad but they hear it and they think god people with depression go you know they hurt themselves or there's more yeah you know there's bigger um, and consequences from depression so they think of it as a really big big big, big thing. thing yeah but sometimes it doesn't have to be, I've got this big, scary, scary thing. And not to say that it isn't big or it isn't scary, but one step at a time. And just to go back on what Daniela was just saying, I think the key thing to take away from that is that she spoke to me about it. Yes, exactly. Imagine if she didn't and it didn't actually make her think or reflect, oh, maybe this is what it is, what I'm going through. I'd probably still be going through it now Mm. because I hadn't actually faced it. Yeah. And I think, you know, since that time of my life at the beginning of this year, Mm. I've become a much stronger person because I've thought, okay, you know what, this is your situation now Mm. but it doesn't have to be your situation forever. Yeah. And I really tried to make an effort to overcome that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, look, I think that's one thing that everyone needs to sort of think about is that there are coping mechanisms for mm. things that you do and for things that you feel. Yeah. And there are ways to make yourself feel better. And it's not mm. a permanent solution. It's not a magic fix for anything. Yeah. It's just things that will help get you through to a point where you think, okay, I'm strong enough to deal with this. Yeah. And I'm I strong think, enough to move on. 
with anxiety and depression, it's a thing that you don't just wake up one day and you have it. It's no. something that's built up slowly, so, so slowly and gently over time that you don't even realise it. And then one day you're just having bad days after bad days after yeah. bad days. And then you just realise, oh, wow, this is what it is. This is what it is. And exactly. it takes time then to get yourself back to a good place. Yeah. And I think um, in regards to coping mechanisms, the biggest one for me is talking. Yeah. I'm feeling panicky. I need to talk about it. I need to get it out there because my brain just will take power and just thrive off that. But if I talk about it, it's out, it, it's acknowledged, and it's not as scary or as powerful. It's not as real as it is in my head. If I take it out, it's like it has less power. Yeah. See, and I think for me, I'm a, I am can get that. Um, but, and that's thing, everyone's coping mechanisms are different. Yeah, for me, sometimes, you know, talking about it doesn't necessarily make me feel better because for me, I sometimes realise that, you know, someone else isn't going to be able to make things better for me. You know, for me, it's very much an internal thing. I need to take steps to make myself feel better because in my head, no one else can fix me but me, mm. you know. And, that's and you're it. all Everyone, about control, really. In that sense, mm. yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, and that's the thing, everyone's different. So mm. you have to think about what's going to work best for you. So for me, like I started doing little things, like I'd get up out of bed in the morning and I'd make my bed. You know, the first thing I'll do when I get up, make my bed. Like usually I'd go out, have breakfast, come back, mm. you know, maybe leave it till a few hours later and yeah. then do it. Whereas for me, like, I don't know, just something about that, doing that little self-care thing mm. would just make me feel better. And you know what? It doesn't even matter how small it is. Yeah. It does not matter. I know someone that's dealing with um, depression and I keep telling them just do tiny, tiny little things, just Little, don't give yourself a goal that's um, unachievable. Yeah. Give yourself a little thing and slowly, slowly you can get better yeah. and do well, more. Th- and that's the thing though. Nothing is unachievable, but I think you need to take little steps to get to your goal because I think, it's, you know, you can't go, okay, I'll be happy tomorrow when I wake up as a CEO. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen like that. You're going to have to do a lot of little steps to get to that to that point. That's the only thing I think of. Well, with this person I know, they feel that it it they just don't work to make it better. Yeah, and that's an issue within itself. Mm. And I think when you're at that point, like, and sometimes people just won't listen to you. And yeah, and that's the thing of depression. You truly believe it isn't possible. Yeah. Like, I cannot get up in the morning. I cannot do the dishes. I cannot make my bed. I can't do it. Yeah. And it just becomes this, like, state of mind. That yeah. you can't do all these things. Yeah. But I think what we sort of want you to take away from this is that if you are feeling like this, there are there is people you can talk to. You're not alone. And so many people who you wouldn't even think mm. go through it have probably gone through it. And there's, n- there's no shame there's in no it. No shame in it. At like all. not at all. There's nothing wrong with saying that I'm going through a tough time. I need help because at this point you aren't you might not be in a position where you can help yourself. Exactly. And I think I just want to put this disclaimer out there. Obviously Emily and I aren't professionals. Oh yeah, no. You no. know, we're not here saying this is the, your magic cure for yeah. anything that you're feeling. We're just sharing our stories because we hope that in sharing ours you guys will, you know, if you are going through something, mm. you know, you'll talk about it because yeah. at the end of the day if you do have friends and family or colleagues or anyone around you, like, even if it doesn't feel like it, mm. you are guaranteed that the people around you care about yeah. you. Yeah, and there's nothing more powerful than knowing that you aren't alone in exactly. what you're going through. Exactly right. And with that, I think I want to 
Um, also just mention, you know, next season we are hoping to move on to more topics like this mm. if you guys want to hear about it. Yeah. And we are hoping also to get professionals on the show so that, you know, we can actually help you in a more guided sort of way, I guess. Yeah, but for now, don't forget, like, you know, all you need is, you know, if you are feeling some way, just Google mm. Google something, like Google places where you can go because yeah. there are people who, you know, and just so what if it's their job to help you? Yeah, it's, that's, the, there's nothing wrong with thing. that. Yeah, some people just think, oh What's God, their sit job, there and that's talk why. to people for, um, like I pay them to someone. To, I pay them Which, to listen to my problems, and it's yeah. like, you know what? It's better for you in the long yeah. run. Yeah, and they're professionals for a reason. Exactly. There's, they're probably yeah, seeing things it about try, it. I think. Yeah, they're probably seeing things about your situation that you're not seeing, mm. and again, there's no shame in that. Yeah. But you know, I think with that, we'll probably just move on to the other side. Which is the physical side, and as yes. a little bit of a, a little bridge, um, <laughs> I find with myself, I do like I like to refer myself to physical exercise mm. as a way, as a coping mechanism when I'm stressed, when I'm upset, anything like that. Because I find when I do get out there and I get something, you know, I get moving, I feel so much better about myself. Yeah. yeah. So with that, I think it's. My turn to ask you some hot seat questions <laughs> and lighten up the mood a bit, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Sometimes not, you have to have those serious conversations. Yes, so, yes. But it's all about but balance. Exactly. We're not all doom and gloom here. No. Yes. So, Emily, question number one. Hit me. If you found a genie bottle and could make one wish, <gasps> what would you wish for? Oh, no. And you can't wish for more wishes. That's so cliche. I think about this question so much. <laughs> I think about it so much because I'm like, I can't think of an answer. Um, I'm going to try, though. Okay. What would I wish for? Um, oh, God. So this is You've the got, whole, you know, do I pick? Do I go selfish or do I go, could I help everyone? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8. Um, I'm just going to say world peace. Oh, okay. Are you on the bloody world... Miss Universe Protea. <laughs> I am. Okay. Fair enough. Right. It helps lovely. everyone. It helps, Look, still helps me. Okay. Yep, that's lovely. Um, okay, question number two. What is the most embarrassing... Embarrassing? <laughs> that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what is the most embarrassing thing that you have done recently? Oh, um... Um... Shit. I feel like I'm always sort of... Embarrassing yourself. Embarrassing myself. <laughs> it's because again, I'm just oh, ugly crying while you're walking down the street. Uh, I did ugly cry while walking down the street, but I don't think anyone saw me. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. Um, Not that the shame in ugly crying. There is no and look this, <laughs> in this situation. I, like I had, I had no choice. I had to do it, and yeah. I felt great afterwards, despite what I was crying about. But yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, really? Shit, you stumped me. I get really embarrassed quite easily. Um, oh, shit. What about, like, the other night we were talking about with some of our friends we were talking about something that you had done a while ago? Oh, uh, well, if we just change the recently part of the question, maybe. Okay, So yeah. the other night um, we had a um, birthday party and I don't even know how it came up, but we are talking about this. Oh, no, I do know how it came up. Daniela always likes to remind me of these embarrassing <laughs> moments. Hey, oh my something God. would have triggered it other than me. 
surely. No, it was a bit off topic. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. Because it's happened. This is the third time where we've been in the group <laughs> situation and this one's just whipped out some <laughs> random embarrassing story about me and I just look at her across the room like, what the fuck, dude? Like, no. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. No, like, she doesn't. But I look at her like, I think my my wow. mouth goes quicker than my brain, and I'm just like before yeah. I even get a chance to stop myself, I'm like halfway and it's through, too and I'm like because ah. she's giving it away with her face, and she's laughing, and she's looking at me like, oh, do you remember that man? I'm like, you fucking idiot, shut up, no. <laughs> um, so oh my god, am I even gonna say this? Uh, just the embarrassing moment was reliving that embarrassing moment. The embarrassing That's moment it. was re- reliving this really embarrassing moment. It had to do with a kiss. Had Moving on. Kiss. I wanted to dig myself in a hole. This is how, like, I wanted to die. Maybe we'll go into it another Maybe time. Maybe one day. Oh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> next, next question, please. Okay. What is your relationship like with your physical health? Um, it's not great, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I really... No, I want you to lie to us. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lying this whole time. Um, it's not the best, but... And I know this just... You know, me thinking about it doesn't do anything, but it's something that constantly plays on my mind. Um, but no, it isn't the greatest. Why is that? Um, I just have a really oh, – I think about it. I'm like, Emily, that sounds really stupid, What your attitude towards physical health. But I just have a bit of a men- – a, sorry, not mental, a negative attitude towards it, I think, or like a complicated attitude towards it because – I tie physical health, and I know this isn't the case. Like I know you go to gym and you're not thinking this, but this is what I think of when I think of physical health. I just feel like it's a bit of a trend. I know how that sounds, but that's how I think of it. I feel like this is a trend that everyone does. I think it's not a bad trend. A lot of people do drugs. That's bad. No, I know, but I think when it comes to trends, I'm – I'm not into trends. Like, if I want to do something, I want to do it. I don't want to do it because it's trendy, if that makes sense. And that's just my attitude towards it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tie tie it a lot with body image, I think. And I feel like – and I know, like, I'm not saying that you go to the gym for this reason, but I I think a a lot of people go to the gym in the first place anyway to look good. Uh, and I know that is not the case. I know that's not the case at all. But what's wrong all? with that if you want to look good? If I you're just, unhappy with yourself and you can make a change, what's wrong with that? I just feel like there's so much worth putting on a physical image. And I'm like... Okay, but what if you're in by exercising and by feeling good, it's not helping just your physical health, but it's helping your... Men- I mean, it's not helping your physical image but it's helping your physical health in terms of your heart yeah muscles, no I know it does you know. that I know and I, again like that's why I said I know how it sounds but it's it is how I feel and I, again I know like how it sounds yeah it just I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here but like what's bad about the trend of being healthy no I'm not saying it's a trend of being healthy I'm saying that I feel like it's a trend of looking good okay fair enough that's how I see it that's I, I'm not saying I know there's health reasons to it but I feel like it's more focused on the looking good part. Again, I know how it sounds. I know it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right at all. We, I think this is something that I think about and I think I don't like how I think about it. I don't like how I feel about it and I need to change it. But that's just how I feel at the moment. Again, I know it's wrong, but yeah, fair if I'm being completely honest, 
and open. It's yeah. it is how I feel, and I hate it because it's stupid. I know it's going to the gym is healthy. It's good for you in so many for your mental, physical health. Like it's incredible, but I just don't see that see it that way at the moment. Fair enough. I know it's going to make me sound like a real idiot, but yeah. No, fair enough. Um, so how do you cope with stress? Um, I talk about things that I'm stressed about. If I'm stressed about something, I just talk it out with my mom or my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of really yeah. it. Yeah, okay. was, yeah, that's the, that's my biggest outlet, really, talking about it and doing things I love, like going out for dinner or, or doing like some arts stuff. Things. Yeah, self-care things. Yeah, beautiful. definitely. Okay, finally, fifth and final question. Uh, do you think that you could be doing more in terms of looking after yourself both mentally and physically? Um, I think at the moment I'm focusing a lot on my mental health and that's probably a big reason why my physical health is being put to the side because I'm just not meant in the right mental mindset to focus on that. Um, at the moment I am going, I am seeing a counsellor, so I'm working in that sense on my mental health. Um, physical health, yeah, I definitely need to improve it. I go to yoga once a week, which isn't much. Is it a priority for you though? Um, physical health? Yeah. No. Why? It's just not. Like, like your heart isn't, isn't important. Like your cardio health isn't important. It's just not a priority. And I think it's because I don't feel unhealthy. Okay. Fair enough. I know, again, I, I know I'm not. Like, I'm definitely not healthy. Oh, I'm not um, saying, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm literally just asked, like. Mm, again, I think, and I think that's part to. of the problem. Like, it's probably going to be one day where I'm either really tired or just getting really sick or I, as you get older, your your immune system dies down and your metabolism goes slows down. So it's going to be like, oh, my God, like, all the signs of my low physical, ill physical health is showing. But at this point... I don't feel overly unhealthy. I don't feel like I look overly unhealthy. So I think that's also my brain's not being like, oh yeah, you need to you need to do you this. know do something. Yeah. Again, I know that's very very much not the case. You can look a certain way and doesn't reflect what's on the inside. But I think that's why it's not a priority. Fair enough. I'm not. I know it sounds. It's going to get a no, lot hey, of taking and heads, that's the thing. But... Everyone's different, and mm. I think that's why we really wanted to talk about this because. And we did spend a lot of time on our mental health, which is great. But also we did really want to delve into the aspect of physical health mm. because Emily and I do think very, very differently yeah. about it. And like, and don't think me questioning bef- her before is like me judging her. It's absolutely not the case. Mm. I'm just trying to see where she's coming from. And trust me, I judge myself. I think about it a lot and it's, again, like we I said. I don't want you to judge yourself. I though. know, but I, I hate it and I, I – I would like to think that not that I would like to think I like to think that there are other people out there that oh, maybe in the same position than me. I'd just, say, just I'd don't... genuinely say society is like fifty fifty. Yeah, I would genuinely say that. Yeah, and I'm open. Like I'm not sitting here like no, I don't. Mm. I disagree with the gym. I would never work out this, this, and that. I'm just really honest. If I'm being honest, I just don't. I'm not at that place where that's what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on my mental health and being happy and getting the life I want. And maybe one day I'll get to a point where I'm like, I really um, I want to do that. Yeah. But it's just not there at the moment. Yeah. And that's the thing. Emily and I are at very different ends of the spectrum. And we did want to speak about stigmas around physical health because mm. Emily did just point out a big stigma. She thinks it's a trend. Whereas for me, 
And I'm not saying I'm offended with you. I'm and offended no, no, with I'm the saying, idea. I'm like, I don't think like you know, I don't think you're following a trend at all. But no, but I head. think it's the fact that she's not the only person that thinks this way. And I do get embarrassed for talking about going to the gym. Like the other day, I was introducing myself to someone in a class, and she, you know, asked me what I do when I'm not working or uh, mm. studying, and I said. Oh, you know, I I do this and that, and I go to the gym. Like I was really like, I, I didn't want to pronounce it when that's a big part of my life. I do mm. that, you know, three to four times a week, sometimes five times a mm. week. Like you know, I play volleyball as well. So that's you know, let's say if I'm you know doing my full gym routine, that's at least six days of exercise mm. that I do per week. Yeah, and it's something that's so it's such a it's. I plan my life around it because Mm. I know for myself I feel so much better when I do it. I've noticed I don't get sick as often as I used to. I deal with stress so much better. Mm. My mind is clear. Like when situations arise, I feel like I can deal with them better because I have an outlet. Mm. And maybe it's because we do communicate differently. For me, I don't communicate well enough maybe, whereas, you know, you to deal with stress, you talk about it, Mm. whereas – I don't always talk about yeah. it. So and maybe it is, that's it is why. an outlet for a lot of people that they yeah. get given they feel better. My outlets and doing other things. Exactly. And I think for me as well, I used to be very athletic as a kid. Mm. And then I got into like year eight. So what's that? Like 13 years old? Year eight? Yep. No, year nine. Uh, I think you're right. 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah. And then just because of, you know, my family and, you know, I grew up in a restaurant business. Like it was something that was, it took a toll on my physical health, on my sleep patterns, Mm. on what I ate. I was eating very unhealthy. Like, Mm. you know, I started to get to a point where my body couldn't do the things that it used to be able to do. Mm. And then like year nine, I started playing soccer and that was great. I got my physical health back and I really felt like I could run circles around everyone. I could, you know, just, I I, I felt strong. Mm. And then I had to stop playing soccer because of the restaurant, different store. Like it's not what I'm trying to focus on. The point is that once I stopped being active, I noticed my body changing in a way, not just physically. And we did touch on this last week that I was quite insecure about my physical appearance, Mm. but it was the fact that my body was not capable of doing the things that it was used to doing. Mm. I couldn't do the splits anymore. I used to be a dancer. I couldn't do the splits. Mm. You know, I couldn't hold myself up if I were trying to do a handstand against a wall. I couldn't, you know, my my legs weren't strong enough. I couldn't carry things like Mm. I used to. Like these little things that were just like disabling me. And Mm. I don't want to use that term and have people say, oh, you know, there are real disabilities out there. But for me, being used to being able to do something and then suddenly not being able to do it was a shock. And Mm. I felt again comes back to control I felt out of control because I couldn't do those things um so for me getting back into the gym and getting into a healthy routine has been a lot more than just my physical appearance Mm. like that is a really good motivator Mm. I find but I also love being able to get on a treadmill and run 2ks in 12 minutes yeah which probably is nothing for a lot of people. But for me, it's, you know, yeah. and it's, it's an achievement because I feel like I'm sprinting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I've seen the progression. Like I used to be able to do 1K in 12 minutes, yeah. you know, 1K in 15 minutes when I first started. Mm. Whereas now I'm getting to a point where I'm seeing this progression. Like, you know, I use an app that records the weights that I use and I can literally track back from, you know, the beginning of when I started working out to now. And I've seen that I've doubled weights that wow, I was yeah. using, like I'm becoming stronger and I feel stronger. And, you know, like the other day I had to, you know, lift my bike in and out of a Jeep and I did it like 
like when I got it out of the car, I got it out by myself. Like yeah. I didn't help. Like I could carry it myself, you know, just little things like that. And I think when I think about my future as well and I think about my family mm. or whatever, you know, I grew up with parents who, like my dad was a bit older, but my mum wasn't really, like she was into physical health and stuff when she was a bit younger. But as I was growing up, you know, she never really go outside and play with me. Like, you know, if I wanted to play soccer, I'd be playing by myself mm. against a wall, you know. Um, so I always like to think about the fact that, you know, when I have kids, I want to be active with them. I want to be constantly, I want to be able to keep up yeah, with them, you absolutely. know. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be, and I think I've just spent so much of my life tired mm. that I don't want that anymore. Like I want to take control and actually exert my energy into things that I enjoy. And I genuinely enjoy going to the gym. Mm. Like, and, or not just going to the gym, going for a run. Yeah. You know, go, doing something that's active. That's why I play volleyball. That's why I used to play soccer last year. Like, I just enjoy it. It's something that for me makes me feel stronger and, you know, capable. Mm. Because when you look at your progression, you go, shit, like, okay, fair enough, I've dropped a clothes size or whatever. Yeah. You know, for me, that's not quite the priority anymore. Mm. You know, and even though it's lovely to to see those, you know, and I do feel a lot better about myself, you know, uh, body image-wise, but it's also the value I put on my body and its capabilities in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And everything Daniela is saying, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, yes, 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 absolutely. Amazing. That's what I, like, I consider all these things when I think about physical physical health. They don't just go over my head like, oh, who cares about, you know, being able to, you know, not die of a heart attack because, you know, you're not doing any exercise. But yeah, I, I definitely, I consider it definitely, yeah. absolutely. And there's been times as well, like, because I love it so much and I feel like it makes such a difference in my life, you know, I've tried to get Emily involved in it and she's just not interested. Mm, <laughs> and I it's know. like, and it's so like, I don't know. And I get, and going back to the stigmas, like, you know, you feel, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes if I talk about exercise and not to say, you know, but especially around you, I feel mm. like it, like I'm showing off and I'm like, I'm not fucking trying to do that. Like, mm. I'm just trying to tell you what I did today. Like, yeah. you know, or, and sometimes, you know, if you talk to anyone else about it, which is why, like, when I met that girl the other day, mm. I was like, and I go to the gym because it was like, this is, this, this, there's this whole notion that, you know, if you talk about going to the gym and exercising, you think you're so good. <laughs> and it's like, I don't. I'm just trying to fucking tell you, like, yeah. this is what I do with my days. Yeah. Like, you know, like even, like, I will never drink a protein shake in public because, like, and even for me, getting to the point where I could drink protein, in, mm. so I had this thing, I had this stigma in my head because all I would hear sometimes was the of people shaking their drink and I was like, fuck's sake, like, do that somewhere else because I had that thing like, okay, we get it, you're drinking protein, yeah. like, you've worked out. Whereas, like, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, no, I actually need it. Like, you mm. know, my body needs this extra protein for what I'm actually doing. So, but now, like, I will never do that in public because there are and people out there who, that... who think like that, you know? Oh, it's a shame. Like, you're either feeling self-conscious because you don't go to the gym yeah. or you're feeling self-conscious because, because you, you do, do and like, you feel like no everyone's pl- thinking, oh, look at her trying to be like... I'm a gym person. Gym, yeah. Like look at my active wear. Look at my sh- protein yes. shaker. And there's literally no pleasing anyone. Like mm. you, oh my God. And like I think even that's if you a go- big part of it all. It's like, I think like you have to go to, you have to go to the gym because it, it, it makes you happy. Don't give a shit what everyone else yeah. thinks. And like for me right now, I don't want to go just to please like because of what other people think of me. I want to go, if I'm going to gym, I want to go for me. me. If that yeah, makes sense. exactly. And I think we've just, 
I hit that stage mm. a while ago, like two years ago, where it's like you've not hit that stage and yeah, that's no. fine. Like yeah. that's absolutely fine. Like no one's, you know. But mm. it's the fact of the matter is that like you have people who exercise who will look at you and not me, I'm just saying people yeah, who, no, no, who no. look at you and go, get off your ass and do something, yeah, you know. Absolutely. And like even for me, like and I think I've got this thing in my head as well because, you know, at home sometimes if I'm trying to eat healthy or when I was younger and I was trying to eat healthier, you know, there would always be like a little backhanded comment like, Oh, what do you want to diet? You're not eating that because you're on a diet. And it's like, fuck off. And you do it too. (laughs) You've done it to me as well. Like, you know, in times we're like, oh, come on, just eat it. And I'm just like, I I want it. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But it's like if I ate every little single thing, like if I gave in to everything I wanted, Mm. I'd be the size of a house. Mm. And Again, I'm not saying because I'm going to look as big as a house. It's going to be because I can't physically <laughs> fucking get out of bed in the morning. Like, yeah. because my body is like too weak <laughs> and too heavy. Yeah, for me I to do move. admit like, sometimes I'm, I don't get it, but I'm trying to work on it because I know you've, you're like, I know my sister, for example, just started going gym and fo- focusing on her physical health. Yeah. She's got a very different mentality to Emily. Yeah. Um, so it's, I feel like it's, it's more people in my life. That I'm in, being introduced to that are that have that focus, and I'm like, okay, I need to s- step back and just reflect on my attitude towards, towards it. it sort yeah, of thing. because yeah. it can be really disheartening. Like I know for myself, you know, in those teenage years, and I was trying to be healthier, hearing all those little comments mm. like, "Oh, what you on a diet?" They made me embarrassed, mm. and it made me not want to do things. Mm. And like, if I used to go to the park and exercise outside, people would look at you like they'd be sitting on their phones at a park, yeah, instead of you know doing whatever. And it's like. I would be the one that was embarrassed. And Mm. I was like, fuck this. Like, and I would just get disheartened and not do it. Mm. And it's like, no, you have to, and it's difficult. And if there's anyone out there who's kind of at that stage where you want to go to the gym, you want to exercise, but you're feeling a bit intimidated to do so, just chuck your headphones in, you know, pretend no one's there and Mm. just do what you've got to do. If you've got to go for a run, if you've got to, you know, if you don't want to actually go to the gym and you want to work out outside, just fucking do it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to be benefiting more so than the people who are judging you. Mm. And I think that's just something that's I really wanted to point out because if you, you know, it's so easy to get intimidated. Just a quick note. Maybe you can maybe help me with this. Mm. Sometimes if I if I just want to go for like a walk after work by myself, I want to chuck my headphones in and block the world out and just do that. Yeah. I feel like I can't do it because... One factor is I'm constantly worrying about what's going on around me. Safety. Safety. Yeah. Like that's one – because that's one thing like I want to do. Yeah. Like not to go out and like, you know, that's just one thing when it comes to physical health. I'm like I want to go out for walks and I want to just be by myself and just even just have alone time. Yeah. Oh, that's and another I thing like I, I love about – And I feel like I can't do it. Yeah. Like I feel like I can't do it. I think maybe it would be worthwhile to go with someone, try and like convince someone to go with you or – you know, if that, and even if you both have your headphones on, you're not talking to each mm. other, just to be in each other's company. Yeah. Um. Or even, you know, maybe go somewhere. You might have to go a bit out of your way, but go somewhere that you know is a known walking track or a running mm. track, and like go and do that by yourself because yeah. you know everyone around you. And obviously, you're gonna have to be careful. You're gonna have to be careful no matter where yeah. you go. You know, but you know, you'd be careful at home, let alone yeah, out yeah. on the streets. But, you know, maybe if you go somewhere where you know there are other people out there doing the same thing as mm. you, it'll just make you feel better about doing it. Yeah. You know? Like, I find for me, I can't exercise at home mm. because I just get lazy, whereas I actually have to go somewhere and do it. Yeah. You know? So maybe sometimes the effort of going to do it will mm. make you feel more inclined to actually do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, again, everyone's different. Like, some people love exercising from home. Whatever works for you. Yeah. I do think, though, that physical health is something that, people should focus on because you know there will be a time especially I don't know much about 
you know, the demographic of mm. people who listen to us. But what I do know is that it is around that, you know, 16 to 30-year-old bracket mm. and we are at a prime time where our bodies can physically do things. Mm. And, you know, if you're lucky enough to, you know, obviously have that capability. Mm. Um, and if you can, I think do it while you can, mm. you know, because you're going to get to a point where you're older and you're like, oh, my back hurts or oh, this hurts mm. or whatever. And, you know, even right now, like my back hurts because I've worked out, but it's a different type of pain, mm. you know. And I think another thing that, you know, I maybe Emily's forgotten to mention is that she does associate working out with pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. And I know how silly it sounds. Obviously, if you work out, you're going to be in pain. But I think I'm just – it's going to sound like excuses. I don't mean it to sound like excuses, but I think I come home from work. Mentally, I'm drained. I've had to battle a couple things at work. I've, you know, deal with anxiety in my job. It comes up quite often. So I often come back feeling really drained and the thought of going to put myself through physical pain is just a no for me. I'm like, no, I just don't have the strength for it, mm. which – Obviously, I think if you keep going to gym, get stronger, it becomes less about the pain. Obviously, you still feel pain, but it's you know what you're doing, you know how to get through it. But at this point, I'm like, no. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. Yeah. And I know how hypocritical it sounds. Like, you know, if you keep going and doing it, it's going to get better and, you know, it's going to hurt like at first. Like, you know all of these things. I know all these things. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. I know, I know exactly the benefits of going to the gym not just the gym, exercising in general. Exercise, like, like, you know, just exercising yeah. in general and looking just after getting your heart health. pumping, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just it's just not there for me. Mm. Like, the, the you know, the motivation to get up and do it. Yeah. I'm not, And I'm not here advocating, you know, it's okay to, to not, not do look it. Yeah. after your physical health. I'm not saying it's okay at all. It's a problem mm. I'm dealing with, actually. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I think as long as, you know... I guess if you're aware, maybe mm. that makes it better. I don't know. but I do little things here and there. Like um, I've tried to cut down on like junk food during the week. Like yeah. if I... it's, Well, balance. Balance yeah. and moderation. Like, And I think it's about finding, like setting little goals for yourself. Like, mm. for example, and this is very little, but for me it's something that I've taken the um, steps to change. Mm. Like soft drink during the week. I mean, sorry, opposite. Soft drink not during the week, on the weekends. Have... Um, salad at work or you know if I've got homemade food rather than going to get takeout that's little changes I've made and slowly slowly maybe making more yeah but I think our whole point with this episode be it physical or mental health is that we truly believe regardless of which mm. I which avenue you go down mm. that health is wealth like, health is wealth it is regardless Absolutely. of you know and it's such a cliche but it's so bloody mm. true because without your health you have nothing yeah and you know it's your body, it's your mind, mm. it's, it's you know, you do what you think is best for yourself. Mm. You know, if, you know, I think one thing that frustrates me is people who kind of sit at home going, like, complaining, like, oh, I'm so this and that and, oh, I look like this or, you know, whatever, mm. or, you know, I'm not strong enough, I'm not this and all that. It's like, okay, you're, you've realised this is an issue but you're not doing anything mm. about it. Like, to me, that's what gets to me. Like, when people complain about things that they can go out and fix. And I think... For me, like a coping mechanism for my mental health is being able to go and fix things and make things better for myself. And, you know, one thing for me is being able to exercise. It's not the same for everyone, but it is for me. And mm. if it is for you, that's great as well. 
but it's making steps to do better. Mm. Like like I was saying earlier, for me, one thing for my mental health was getting out of bed and making my bed straight away. Yeah. That was one little step I had to do to make myself feel better. Mm. So, yeah, I think everyone's just always judging. Yeah. Leave people alone. If I want to go for a run, don't fucking at me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if Emily doesn't want to, don't fucking at her. Like, yeah. you know, that's it. Like, I you think know. that's just the biggest thing. Just do what you want to do. Like, yeah. whatever that is, you just have to and do it for yourself. And it's not your place to judge anyone else I agree. either. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I think we're coming to the back end of this episode. So I think I'm just going to ask you. What are you loving this week? This week I am loving Sam Smith's music video for How Do You Sleep. It's, I might just say revolutionary. I think it's really um, refreshing. It's really beautifully done. Amazing. Definitely should watch it. Okay. Well, I've not seen or heard of it, so I'll yeah. have a listen. I find when I get on like on high on things, I go crazy about yeah. them. So, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Fair How about you? What are you loving? Um, well, I'd have to say I'm still loving Stranger Things. Mm. Um also, and I'm, I'm up to season three now, I finally. I saw. I was yeah, like, Yeah, I'm wow. like flying through very it. Very proud. Yeah, very proud. thank you very much. Um, also, I went shopping with my boyfriend the other day and he bought this really cool jacket from Uniqlo and I'm obsessed oh. with it. Like, I, I honestly want to get a high point this weekend purely to go to Uniqlo because yeah. it keeps coming up. Literally. And like this jacket that he got, it's like this like, it's not suede, but it's got like this like fur kind of collar and it's navy blue and it's just so nice like I want one for myself and that's not my style at all and I just wow. can't, I can't stop thinking about it like I can't wait to see him wear it like I just want to see this jacket again like I've got a photo of it on my <laughs> phone um because we were shopping around and Uniqlo the one that we went to was in um Emporium in Melbourne so it was like multi-level so I was like oh we'll take a photo oh, of geez. this one yeah I was like we'll take a photo of this one we'll go have a look around find see if, what, what else we can find and I've got this photo still on my phone and I'm I just love it I keep looking at it wow yeah so that's what I'm loving this week. Uniqlo <laughs> I'm so jackets. What this jacket looks like? Yeah, I'll have to like post it on our Insta stories for anyone who's curious. <laughs> this is the jacket. It's yeah, but that's what I'm loving this week. So yes. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning into our penultimate episode of season one. Yes, thank you. Yes. So get ready for next week's episode where we talk about the concept of being friends with your exes. Yes, we've asked you guys what you think, and the responses are so interesting so stay tuned yes and don't forget that you can contact us at hello.dnms at gmail.com and on instagram at dnms podcast we also have a new little facebook group that we'd love for you all to be a part of and that's just dnms with dnm yes that's right so with that everyone have a great week and we'll catch you next time brilliant thank you bye, bye.